Hey everyone, and welcome to the Christ Family Church Podcast. We are so glad that you've made the decision to take time out of your day to join us virtually. Whether you're at home right now or listening on your way to work, we hope that you enjoy this week's teaching from our pastor of Outreach and Care, Ron Fisher. So we're in a series right now uh, called Stop the Scroll, and it focuses on how we can truly be wholehearted and fully alive. Now last week, Pastor Zachary focused on paying attention to God's distractions and learning about where he's leading in our lives. Today, we look at the way Jesus lived and how he calls us to live by being present. So today we'll learn three things. Number one, how Jesus was wonderfully present. Number two, what being present means. And number three, how we can live fully alive, present lives. Now, if you have your bulletin there, you see that I've just given you the answers to everything in the outline. So I'm giving you a cheat sheet. Uh, You've got it before we ever begin. So we're going to go over this and spend a lot of time there this morning. So again, we're going to see how Jesus was wonderfully present, what it means to be present, and then how we can live fully alive, present lives. Okay, well let's start by reading scripture for our first passage today. All right, uh, we're reading from uh, Luke 18, 35 to 43. So you can turn there and it'll also be on the screen. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because he wasn't quiet, so I'm not going to be quiet either. (laughs) And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be quiet, quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would use the words of this sermon, the things that you would have me to say, that you would use me as this, we talk about how Jesus was fully and utterly present every step of his life, Lord. We pray that, that you would speak to us and let us hear what you would have to say. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Would you guide us and show us your ways? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, today we read from this somewhat familiar passage. First, let's ask, what's going on here? Jesus is going along, surrounded by throngs of people, people clearing the way in front of him, people to his right, people to his left, people behind him. 
Now, he's well known at this point. And um, because, why do we know that? Because um, the blind beggar says, what's going on? And he, it's, somebody says, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he didn't say, well, who, who's that? He knew who it was already. So he knew the word was out about Jesus. He might have said to himself, here's my chance. Here's the son of God, the son of David coming by. He already has faith in who Jesus is. I've got to get his attention. He starts yelling for mercy. People tell him to shut up, be quiet. Even some of the disciples are telling him to be quiet. They are marginalizing the poor and the outcast, and hello, they're disciples. But Jesus, but Jesus pays attention. Have your kids or a friend tried to get your attention before? They're annoying sometimes, right? You've got your mind on something else. You're thinking about something that's to come or something that you have to do. And they're getting in the way. Okay, I'll deal with that later. But Jesus stops. And stops the entourage. He pays attention. And has the man brought to him. He looks at him and actually asks him what he wants. Now, Jesus isn't being coy or deceptive in any way where he, I mean, it's obvious the guy's blind, but he wants to know what the guy wants. What does he truly want? The man has to have his sight. Think about Jesus at this point. Is he thinking about what's next? Is he looking over the man's shoulder? And seeing someone else? No, I don't think so. He's looking at him. I can almost see the compassion and the care in his eyes. He's come to save the outcast and lost. This man is an outcast, unable to contribute to society, in the eyes of man, that is, a leech on his family and on his town. But Jesus doesn't see that. He sees a man of faith. He sees a person made in the image of our Father. Now, when the man gets his sight, he rejoices and follows Jesus. He lives in the moment. He doesn't sit down and start planning his future. Okay, well, I haven't been able to contribute to it for a while, and uh, so I, I need to make sure I do X, Y, and Z, and... Or he doesn't sit back and say, woe is me that all these years, you know, I haven't been able to see. Jesus sees him, gives him his attention, and the man is overjoyed that the Son of God has restored him. Let's move on to another passage. Now, the interesting thing is this is literally steps later, okay? This isn't days later, months later, anything like that. This is literally steps later. Luke 19, 1 to 10 says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he, he, was, seeing, he, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was of small, small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him 
for he was about to pass by. And when Jesus came to, that, to, that, to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Oh, he's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Jesus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if, if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now many of you, maybe when you're reading this passage, started singing that song about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, right? Who was singing that? Okay, I know first when I was putting this together, I sang it a little bit. And I'm not a good singer, so I'm not going to sing anymore. Now, Zacchaeus was rich, and in our society, the rich are not usually outcast. But in this situation, he was an outcast. His own people hated him. I can see, kind of see Matthew, okay? Here's Matthew in the background, like, I know how this one's going to work out. Remember, Matthew used to be a tax collector too. Maybe Matthew was saying to himself, I can see where this is headed. Look at me as Matthew, where I am now. Now, we don't know if Zacchaeus said these things right away after coming down from the tree. Some writings say that maybe this, was, this happened when Jesus was there at his home and dining with Zacchaeus. But do you hear what Jesus says here? Today, salvation has come to this home. Today, in this moment, salvation has come to this home. Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He repeats his mission statement from Isaiah 61. He sets the captive free. He restores sight to the blind. And we're not talking about literal prisoners or those who have lost their sight, although we just saw what he did a, little, a few steps before. Brothers and sisters, he's talking about us. We're the captive. We're the blind. We're the ones who were lost. Now, how did Jesus live? There are two passages. These are two passages, but you can find them throughout the Gospels. And I encourage you to check them out on your own. Jesus was present. He wasn't looking for the next person or the next best thing. Jesus had moment by moment living. Moment by moment living. The greatest gift Jesus gave was his full attention and his love. I actually believe it was his, indeed his love is demonstrated by his full attention. People, Jesus did not pe treat people as interruptions. Jesus lived with un of undivided attention in the moment. Jesus was fully engaged in the moment. 
But what does being present mean? What does it look like? Okay, we see how it looks for Jesus. Now, I can only speak for myself, but I think it includes three things. The first one is eyes, attentiveness. I'm aware of you. Two, questions, inquisitiveness. As we interact with people, we ask questions. Okay, can you clarify that? I don't understand. Can you? That shows you're engaged. Number three, awareness, ears. So eyes, questions, and ears. Have you ever talked with someone who was distant and you knew they weren't really paying attention? Pretty much everybody is visualizing that person right now. You knew they weren't with you and they were somewhere else and maybe thinking about what or who was next. They're living in the future. When you think of people like that, does absolute trust come to your mind? Not for me. Character? No, not really. Living in the present, brothers and sisters, is, is very hard work. I believe our enemy wants to pull us into the shame of our past. It's never going to be that good again. Or he would love to pull you into the uncertainty of the future and into the anxiety and the desire to control that future that revolves around our selfishness. Did you know that Harvard University did a study recently and they found definitively that 47% of the time our minds are somewhere else. Okay? Husbands, I, a bunch of wives just looked at their husbands. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, hello? Are you with me? Some of you, I may have lost some of you already. Okay? So stay with me. Your minds might be somewhere else. Lunch will come. Being present requires a lot of practice. You can practice being present pretty much like anything. Practicing leads to getting better at something. So if you're not good at being present, you can practice. It just happens to be one of those things that your husband or your wife or your friend or your kids will notice more consistently than a good jump shot or an excellent fastball. Jesus taught his disciples about being present. This is what I love about, if you really think about Jesus as he's going along, just think about the many, many campfires they sat around and those wonderful discussions. I can hear them saying, uh, Jesus, why did you do that? Or why did you do this? We actually know of one instance where they asked uh, why he taught in parables all the time. He believed, Jesus believed, that those who were present and really wanted to learn would learn. But others, there for the spectacle, for the famous healer, or to get something from him, they wouldn't be present with what was happening. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 13, seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they don't listen, nor do they understand? If you read that passage in Matthew 13, 
Sounds like, to me, someone's not being present. So let me tell you a little bit of, uh, a little story about Ron Fisher and not being present. Years ago, someone very precious to me said, why can't you just be with us? She was asking me to be present. Honestly, I feared being present. What if I didn't like what was going on? What if I was scared of you? What if I needed to make a decision? Why can't you just be with us? Like many, I was a human doer, not a human being. I was always on to whatever what was next. By doing that, I could avoid the hurt of my past and maybe arrange for something better, the next thing. As God is teaching me about peace, his peace, it's been a journey, and it's still a, a journey. I've learned a lot about presence. I've learned about eyes and attentiveness. I've learned about asking questions, inquisitiveness, and I've learned about ears, awareness. By being present and in his peace, something really odd has happened. I've learned to love people better. I've learned more about love. I really want to know, when I ask you about you, I really want to know. I really want to know about your story. What's going on and why you feel the way that you do. This past week, I had uh, the honor and pleasure to be uh, at Rick McAnally's brother's um, memorial service. And I'll tell you what, Rick McAnally's a storyteller. Amazing stories about his brother. Crazy stories about his brother. But so wonderful, so loving. And I know it was hard for Rick to do that. And... So I love stories. I love reading stories. I love hearing stories. I love hearing your story. So I want to learn about your story. Recently, I lost a good friend, too. Her name was Lottie Hillard. Lottie was an amazing woman, filled with goodness. I never, ever remember her not being present. She, she wasn't perfect. She'd be the first person to tell you that. But when she was with you, she was really with you. You had her full attention, eyes, ears, questions. And I'm telling you, a lot of times her questions drew me nuts. Because I didn't want to answer them because I knew they were from a heart of love. Her being present with you usually included a little smile because she loved you and you were precious to her. I tell you, she is missed by the many lives she touched, including this one. So now how can we, as believers and as a church, live fully present, fully alive lives. 
Now, being present does not mean to forsake our past, forget about planning for the future, or mouthing some empty platitudes about how wonderful life is right now. Often the present moment is terrible, sad, lonely, and tragic. But the present own, the moment is truly, really the only thing we own. Our past is a memory, and our future is unknown, precarious, and not promised to any of us. We think, tomorrow I will talk with my spouse or my kids or my friend. But are you promised tomorrow? I don't have time today. I don't have time today. Actually, the time of today, the right now, is all you have for others. It's your gift to them, just like Jesus. You cannot change the past or live in the future. It's a dead end, living either of those places. God is with you in the now. So take, stop. Take time, notice who is around you. It's the only place you can fulfill the great commandment and love God and love others. The today changes the future. Live in the present. Only in the present moment can we find our true superpower as human beings. You know, you all, each and every one of you have a superpower. That's the present. You can live in the present and offer the love of being a fully alive human being. Only in the present moment can we full, be fully alive like Jesus. Only in the present moment will we find our true connection to God. The source and ground of our very being. Now, a favorite author of mine, actually, and a favorite author of my friend Lottie, was Leanne Payne. Leanne Payne said, to walk in the Spirit, listening, is to live in the present moment, looking to Christ, practicing his presence, and again, you have that practicing in there, moving in tandem with him. It is to live from the locus of the true self, as the old one is being crucified. This is the center where we are in union with Christ, that completed self that hears and obeys God. Now, it took me a long time to realize that God is always available to me. I can be present with him at all times because he is present with me. And he's always pursuing me. Let me tell you, if you don't realize that about your life, he's after you at all times for your good. He is always seeking the rescue of our lives and our hearts. Remember, that is why Jesus came. It was a rescue mission. He wants an ever-deepening relationship with us. His invitation is rooted in calling us back to the present. This moment, this is where he is. This present moment 
is the only point that touches eternity. Practicing his presence, listening to God, and for God, living in the moment with him, this is the answer to how do we live fully present lives. Now, every moment of Jesus' life was about being present with his people in their joys, their sadnesses, and sometimes their pain. Now, how could he do this? By having a complete and holy, true relationship with the Father. He was created to be without... He, he, he was and is the only limp, human who lived a wholehearted life as a human is created to be, but was without sin. Ladies and gentlemen, you were created for God. You were completely programmed to be in relationship with him. And we have all turned aside and, and made the decision to not be in relationship with him. But Jesus, by coming, and God giving his grace through him, has pulled us all back to him in that rescue mission. He took, Jesus took his life and gave it to us through his death on the cross. And that's messed up. He gets all the punishment and we get all the reward because when God looks at you, he sees his son. That's amazing. The utter righteousness of his son is what he sees when he looks at you. Craig Groeschel said, is thinking about the present, he said, I want to be where my feet are. Think about that. Your feet are going to be out in the lobby in a little while. Your feet are going to be in your car in a little while. Your feet were at a restaurant yesterday. Maybe your feet were visiting a friend or a relative or with your kids. You can only be where your feet are currently are. You can't be in the lobby a little later until a little later gets here. So what did we learn today? Number one, we learned how Jesus was wonderfully present. And what being fully present means. And how we can live fully present lives. Fully alive present lives. So what do I what do I want to say to you today? With all that said in the past, what do I want to tell you right now? What would I want you to remember? I encourage you to surrender and trust. Surrender the past you cannot change and trust God with the future you cannot control. Engage the calling right in front of you. The most important moment is now. The most important person is the person you are with right now. You can't love people if you're not there. My challenge to you this week is to talk to someone you are close to. And this is going to be a hard question. This is not an easy out for every husband and wife or, or friends, everyone that's here. I encourage you to talk to someone close to you and ask them if they see you as someone that's present, it's going to be a hard question. And you want an honest answer because if you're not a present person, you want to find out. 
And then you can start practicing. And guess what? Later you can go back to them and say, how am I doing? Was I listening to you when, um, when you asked me to take out the trash and I didn't? No, I wasn't. Next time you ask me to take out the trash, I'll do it. Okay. So when you ask them that question, hopefully they'll ask that question right back to you. Because it's a two-way street. So not only one side of the coin, but it's both sides of the coin. It's best to know that the people closest to us, maybe that we're married to, that we're both being fully present because that's where God's at work. Working all together. And I guess the last thing I would say to you is Jesus said this much, is those that have ears, let them hear. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for how you love us. Thank you for how you show us how Jesus loves. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God the Father Almighty right now. And he's present with us all the time. And I thank you for that. I ask that we would continue to learn from him and how he leads us and loves us and guides us every step of the way. So, Lord, I just ask that for every couple that's here, every, every friend and all the people that have good friends, Lord, I pray for them that they would live fully present lives. And as you taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hey, again, we hope that you enjoyed that teaching from Pastor Ron and being a part of what God is doing here at Christ Family Church. If you'd like to come visit us in person sometime, we meet every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. And if you'd like more information on our church, you can head over to ChristFamilyChurch.org. Once again, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week.